0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about
1: them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys!
2: Let's go, baby! Are
3: you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for... The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the
0: break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broadus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, season 18, episode number 109. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Bella Light, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Today our job is to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus 49ers. It is the... uh, divisional rounds of the playoffs down to the final four teams in the nfc uh it's getting real and uh so we got a lot we're going to talk about today we'll jump into the san francisco offense versus the dallas defense before we do that though i wanted to ask you guys a bigger picture question this actually came from one of our listeners jose rodriguez he says i've been a cowboys fan since the 70s and will continue to be Uh, but i have to ask can you really expect to have the same performance from both sides of the ball against the 49ers as what we saw versus tampa bay how do you put that all in context? What we saw last week, and now going up against
1: San well, Francisco, I'll or say, you could
0: play as bad as you did against the
2: Commanders. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah.
1: say. I mean, like it's it's everything's different. I mean, uh, you went up against a team that doesn't want to run the football versus a team that runs the football, and so you know it, it's it's going to be a different game plan, a different personnel. I mean, I don't. Know if they're going to put Gallimore and Bohanna inactive for this game, uh, or both of them. I mean, I, I think you have to play it a little bit differently, knowing you know they say it all the time. Style styles make fights, and I think in in this case, it, it's going to be it's going to be different. So I expect a completely different game plan.
2: Can I ask you guys a question? I know you just asked me one. Can I ask you guys a question, and then I'll circle back with your question. Um, do you feel like that Dan Quinn played the last couple of games not showing Israel Mquamu to...
0: Yeah, 100%. He... You said that on the radio this morning. Right. I thought yes, it was yeah. 105.3. Uh, we game. talked definitely. about no, that. that. Bobby well,
2: Bobby Belt and I do a podcast, Love of the Star, and Bobby brought that up last night in the podcast. And I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry I missed you this no, morning driving I, in. Yeah, I, I uh, And appreciate all you've done all season for us at 105.3. Yep. The... Um, I just wonder if you know what else is there something else that Dan Quinn's not showing us right now that he's got up his sleeve? And the thing about it is, he understands this play caller. He's been with this play caller, but the play caller's been with him. Yeah. So
0: there's a lot of that that you know that that game that you can play. Let me ask you that though: How much difference does that make when you say that the play call has also been with him? Yeah. He wasn't the defensive coordinator at that time. He was the head coach. How much does he really know? How Dan wants to call the defense? Yeah, if he didn't, if he experienced it more as a head coach than a defensive coordinator. I, I
2: think that I think there's things there's those days where Dan probably sat in on a lot of meetings, and you know when you practice against somebody every day, and it's their de- it's Let's be honest, you know uh, who was the coach? It was Morris, right? That was it. Used it was Dan's defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Raheem Morris was his defensive coordinator mm-hmm. when he was the head coach. So, how about those practice times where you knew it was Dan influencing Raheem Morris? And so, Kyle working against that, kind of thinking, like, or maybe you have a question. These coaches do interact yeah. with each other. Yeah. And so, the, the, the thing I think that Nick's right about this is can it be the same? Sure. It, it, we, you know, they're very they're capable. We've seen Dak Prescott play at a very high level played at an extremely high level in that game the other day. So, and if you and scouts are taught if you've seen it one time, you can see it again. So, Dallas is capable of playing like that. I do wonder is there something else that Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn and maybe you could say the same thing for for what's going on in San Francisco right now. Because I went back and watched their game against Atlanta where they got beat and it looks like a completely different team than what you're seeing right now. So you're wondering what both sides – and, yeah, it's – the problem that Dallas is running into is they had extra days to help and prepare for the Tampa game. They don't have a whole heck of a lot of extra days to – okay, let's implement. And, and McCarthy's very much like, well, I don't like to just show new stuff. I don't like – he said that the other day to Brad Sham on the pregame show. Or I'm not interested in trying – and I think maybe he just said it to Brad to just make people think something else because – I do believe Dan Quinn is going to come. You're going to have to show something different. I know in the pregame show I even talked about this. With Brady, you have two different game plans. You have a first-half game plan and a second-half game plan. Whether it's playing man, whether it's playing zone, you know, you're know, mixing it up. However you do it, you have different plans. You're just not going to sit there and let them get a beat on you of how you're going to play this game. And I think the same thing goes with, the, with Kyle Shanahan. I don't think that Dan Quinn is going to give him – A similar game plan. So yeah, are you capable of doing it? Absolutely, you are. It might look different, though, of how you did it from how you played that Tampa game.
0: One other thing, I'll throw out to you guys: as you look at the San Francisco team on defense, they have—I mean, I'm sorry—this overall team. They're on an 11-game win streak. Uh, Their starting quarterback now, Brock Purdy, is on a six-game win streak. I think it is. Um, When you look at this team, you start thinking, "Man, how how do you beat them?" But then, when you dive in a little deeper, the thing that stuck out to me is they have played this so far this year they have played five teams uh that have winning records. Only one of them you would think of as a really good team that's Kansas City and they got destroyed 44-25. They beat the Chargers 22-16. Yeah. Uh they beat their 10 and 7. They beat the 9 and 8 Seattle uh, Seahawks twice. Uh beat them 27 to 7 during the regular season and then beat them last week 41-23. And then they beat the Miami Dolphins who are also a 9 and 8 team. Uh, 33 to 17. My question, 17. My question becomes to you guys: Is this team really as good as we think, or is it a lot about the fact that they haven't played? the upper echelon teams in the NFL, which makes you think Dallas has a much better chance than you would think otherwise.
1: Yeah, but they are beating them pretty handily. Though. I would say that. I mean, the, there's not been a lot of close games. Oak, uh, sorry, Raiders was one of them. Yeah. Uh, but but for the most part, they're winning these games pretty handily. So I, I saw that, too, and I thought, well, yeah, you're right. They're not playing a lot of these great teams, but they're playing well in those games, so I think that should give them confidence. And I don't care who you are, 11 in a row so yeah. is pretty, it's pretty good. No doubt.
4: Well, even then, it's one of those things where I've learned to sometimes look at it like in this perspective that it doesn't necessarily matter who the opponent is because the Cowboys have, we've seen, they can play whichever way. They can play really good or really bad. They tend to kind of either level up or level down according to who their opponent is. So I think that the Cowboys have a chance to win any game against any opponent. It just depends on what team decides to show up for the Cowboys that day.
2: Yeah, that's uh it it's I don't look at the opponent cuz I think Nick said it right. You you won 11 straight games. You know, that that in itself is they didn't have a bad week, you know. The the Raider game was really interesting how they played that and gave me some clues of how I would attack them. Uh, you know, watching the Seattle game, at first half at least, you get some ideas of how you would attack I think Atlanta had a good plan for how to attack that was a Jimmy Garoppolo game, but I wanted to see you know what did they do and so yeah there's 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 some keys to this thing to this uh, to this matchup that you could take from it and I, I'm not looking at who they played I'm looking okay what did what those teams that they played what gave the 49ers trouble and, and there, there's some clues
1: for that you know I also think. The, the 49ers are not going to do what the bucks did. Obviously they, they want to run the ball but the games where we've seen Parsons just be neutralized somewhat, it's those teams that like to run the ball and can run it in different unique creative ways that's the ones that, that I think give him some problems. Tampa just wanted to go back and you, know, you saw it on the first drive of the game. I mean he, he was able to just get back there and go up against the left tackle and You know, and they called holding and then it was just like, Oh, so it's gonna be like that. And I think and and Parsons was was destructive the whole game.
4: Offensively I was gonna ask you offensively, who do you think this San Francisco team compares to the most as far as the opponents that the Cowboys have already faced?
0: Philadelphia Philly. Philly. Philadelphia. And even at that, as you watch them. It's very, very different. I don't know that I've seen a team this season in the yeah. NFL that does some of the things that they do offensively, well, just in how they move their personnel around.
2: Well, the the way it compares to me is not the running quarterback because this quarterback's not going to run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he'll he run to escape. Mm-hmm. He won't run to run a play. Where, they, where Derek is right, though, is it is uniquely different But the use of personnel, the use of the tight end, this team plays with a fullback. Not many teams do that. Mean a lot of teams and a good fullback. And they play. And and this team will run back-to-back screens. Philly will do that. Philly will get in bunch formation. They'll bring guys by jet sweep. This team will do that. The way that they use their personnel is similar to Philly. But the the biggest difference to me is Philly's quarterback can run as a weapon. This guy, I think that he's not going to be willing to run the football like we saw in Philadelphia. But the way they use their personnel in a lot of different ways
0: is very similar to me. I'll give you an example. You saw, you'll see primarily the same guys on the field most yeah. of the time. The difference will be they'll line these guys up everywhere. I saw one play where they had Yuseck, who was the fullback, wide they receiver. had him out wide. Yeah, they had uh, they had um, um, McCaffrey, who's the running back, kind of as a flanker off of him. Yeah. Uh, out wide. They had the receiver, Debo, in the backfield at the running back position. And then you got Kittle at tight end. And it's just like in every play, you can see a different guy at a different place. So when you start thinking about it from a matchup standpoint, if you really—let's say, for example, Dallas says, who's the best wide receiver? Okay, obviously it's Debo Samuel. Okay, we're going to put digs on him. Okay, where are you going, Diggs? If he's in the backfield, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it's hard to really match up because every play, different guys are doing different things, and all of them can do it well. They're running back and catch out of the backfield and can catch from the wide receiver position very, very well. So it's a very, very tough matchup. So if
4: you're Dan Quinn, how do you, how do you, <laughs> what do you do to try to prepare for something like that, or how do you? Well, you go on a
1: that? job interview.
2: <laughs> that <laughs> could you help. You try and get the up. cold shot <laughs> <job> real <laughs> quick. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, honestly, but that's, that's what he did. Honestly, what makes me feel good about this game defensively is what he did last week. Not the result, but how he changed things up. We just finished talking about it. The fact that he said, you know, I'm going to take... Nayshawn Wright, I'm going to put him down. I'm going to take Bohan. I'm going to put him down. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to actually use this other guy that I haven't really used in this way as a as a slot corner who has actually been a safety for us. I'm going to use him in this game because I think it's a good matchup situation. That makes me feel good that he knows he's at least thinking about this. Like I know this team's going to do a lot of different things. I have some tricks in my bag too that I can trick things up and I can show them something maybe they haven't seen and that may help. Right,
1: I would do it with the Sean Wright too. I mean, not not this game, yeah. but next season. I mean, I'm using these two guys like that. I, yeah. I've said it all year long. I don't think he's a good outside corner. Uh, it's, it's hard for that guys that tall to be that good a, 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 against NFL receivers, but yeah. they can play in the middle if they're smart and they're aware and they got these. You know, I mean, they can just touch both sidelines. I mean, with their arms. I mean,
2: it, it doesn't. It doesn't pass the eye test when it comes to tall corners playing in this league. There's not a whole lot of them because of how leggy and how it hard it is to turn. <laughs> But that kid who's, he sees himself as a corner. He didn't see himself as a safety. And so, you know, he's adapted, and I'm talking about Izzy, he's adapted himself to say, listen, I could play this position and I could show quickness. And I, you know, when the ball goes inside, he's got the length where he doesn't have to drape his arm over to make a play. He's got the ability to play offhand. And so, yeah, I, I think that to me, they're going to need, they're going to need it's such a matchup dependent game this week mm-hmm. and tackling is top of the list mm-hmm. but matchup depending because to me you know you talk about their receivers and 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 what you know and and how they and how they operate debo samuel has missed several games but to me brandon iuk is a problem yeah mm-hmm. you know their other receiver number 11 he's a problem and Kittle's a problem no. and <laughs> use check's a problem. But you, you gotta okay, when they start spreading you out and they put the McCaffrey trade has put them over the top. Yep. The McCaffrey trade went made. If you watch the Atlanta game, no McCaffrey. Okay, good offense. They get McCaffrey. Now they got this ability to toss the ball, throw the ball. They do all this stuff with him, and it's like it's just set their offense into a completely different direction. And so now you know, Brandon and Ayuk, they get on the goal line, what they do, they put the fullback out there, they put Ayuk out there, and they throw a screen, and then they just blow it into the end zone, for, and you're like going, all right. So you have to figure out, all right, when all of a sudden, when they put Debo Samuel in the backfield, you're taking a corner if you're traveling digs, and he's now playing in the middle in the box. hmm and all of a sudden they run the ball. Well, Diggs is in the box. Is he going to make a play? Is he going to come up and tackle? That's what they're banking on. They're banking on that your corner, as you drag him into the box, is not going to make that tackle or not going to be able to, to help make the play. So they create mismatches. They make you move guys who can tackle in the box against the running game to the outside to cover a fullback and a running back that's standing out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's just – it's. They mess with you. They really do mess with you, and they mess with your alignment and, and how you play. Like you say, well, we've got to keep this box, we got to keep it tight, we got to keep all our guys, you know, we got to keep. All of a sudden, Van Der Esch is walking out there and covering somebody, and now that takes him out of the box to make a play, and they run the ball, that's. It's pretty creative stuff,
0: if you ask me. Yeah, I'll throw this in real quick before we go to the break. Looking at that New Orleans game where they held held them to 13 points, one of the things you notice in that game is they didn't allow them to kind of take them out of what they did. They tried to kind of stay where they were. They played some zone. And so what it does is it forces – because you're right, Shanahan's going to look to – kind of mess with you. He's trying yeah. to get you to do all the things, look at the eye candy, hey. say, I got this fullback out hey. here, so maybe I gotta take a linebacker out yeah. a linebacker out there with him. And and what New Orleans did was hey, we're gonna stay where we are. Right. We're gonna stay in our base and and we're just gonna basically play four down linemen, right. three linebackers, and we're just gonna kind of move and play zone and figure it out. And it takes away that superpower that, that San Francisco creates with Shanahan, yeah. I, I actually think that might be a smart way to handle it. See, the thing about it is, like, and, and I think you're exactly right about this, and you know, if
2: you can get Dan Quinn in the building at lunch or wherever you guys could see him, it's a good question what Jer- Derek just talked about. Because what happens is you become so matchup conscious of playing these guys. Okay, this is who I'm going to have take away Ayuk. This is who I'm going to play against Debo Samuel. This is who I'm going to play against Kittle. And now it turns into... They've got you so spread out, and now they've got your bad players on their good players. You know, and all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a little bit of a bind that way because of all the adjustments you're having to make. And to Derek's point, I, I, I it's a great question for Dan Quinn mm-hmm. if you could get him off on the side. He's not going to say it in front of the media or anything like that. But how do you play? I mean, I, I'm going to talk to some coaches today around the league that I know that played against the 49ers and say, you know, okay, how do you how do you play against this this front? How do you play against this? How do you move the ball? Or how do you attack this and that? And that? So I'm looking forward to that because they are a fascinating team to watch on tape just
0: because of all the things that they, they do to you yeah, during Yeah, a fun the game. team to watch. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back and dive in a little bit more into this offense, the San Francisco offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll do that in just a moment. It's at dallascowboys.com radio.
1: Back to the break. The Country Music Awards are coming to Ford Center, the Star in Frisco, on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com.
0: Welcome back. Second segment of The Break, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment presented by Blockchain.com. All right, let us jump into the San Francisco offense versus the Dallas defense even more than we have already. Here is what I'd like to do, Brian. There are four players on that offense uh, that are unique talents, unique guys the Cowboys are going to have to know about. Yeah, I'd like you to walk us through. I'm going to give you the name, and I want you to tell me what is the thing that they do well, and how would you, if you're the Cowboys, combat that? So let's start first with their. Can I say one guy real quick? Sure. Trent Williams, the, def- the left tackle,
2: might tip plays, runner pass. No. Oh. Okay. Look That's at this, Look at his feet. When he plays narrow base, it's a run play. When he plays wide base, it's a pass.
1: You get Dan Quinn off to the side. I know <laughs> I
2: was about to say get that message over there to the locker room. I believe I believe they know these things. Yeah. I, I would believe guess. If I believe cuz you can watch Trent it Williams. I hope so. Trent Williams is a very it's a out, we've, we we all understand great. Trent Williams from the Commanders days. Yeah. Way back in the day. He He's is always been good. Mean, Nasty SOB as yeah. a player. He's one of the best left tackles in the league. When you, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for how mean and nasty he is. That's yep. a tough matchup. But you watch him play, narrow base, they run. Wide base, they throw. Keep an eye on that if you're, if you're a Cowboy fan. All
0: right.
2: Okay, uh, I, don't think the, I think Cowboys, I think people around the league have an idea of that. I hope they do. I just yeah. know that's from my days of pro scouting. I was watching him play, and it kind of, that's the way. He plays upright, he doesn't get down in a stance, so you could tell by the way he puts his feet. Like when he's when he's real close, he's going to fire off and, and get into you. When he's a little bit wider, he's kicking out of there. So yeah. something to keep an
0: eye on. Okay, you're going to ask me about let's Debo Samuel with, is what you're going to ask me yes, about. Yes, let's go with Debo Samuel. Debo, Why not?
2: Okay, Debo Samuel. And and when you watch Debo Samuel play when he was at South Carolina as a player, though, he was a guy that he's got a running back body. You would probably you would probably say, I don't like the way this guy, but he's got a running back body. He's a big guy that plays wide receiver. The thing about him is he's a really powerful guy. And so what you have to deal with with him is when the ball gets to him, he's a hard guy to tackle because he's a thick lower body guy. He runs through people. He's powerful. He's not afraid of making those types of the contact and just taking on people they use them a lot of different ways they use him tight they use him in the backfield like there was a time where they were talking about him just handing him the football and they just you know as a running back when they really didn't have one and he's like ah not too interested in doing that but here we are every time they throw him the ball it's like dealing with a running back that catches the ball really well so very powerful guy in that regard
0: christian mccaffrey
2: Christian McCaffrey is when he came out of Stanford. I, I, I thought I go. I've never seen a back like this. His dad was Ed McCaffrey. He played for the old Denver Broncos. Yeah, his mom was a soccer player at Stanford. She might be the best athlete of the family right there. When you're talking about him, but you could tell the athletic ability that he has. That that Christian McCaffrey has never been able to stay healthy at Carolina. When he's done, when he's has stayed healthy, he's had huge games. But here with the 49ers, he's playing well. They toss him the ball. They throw him the ball on the screens. They put him wide outside. They throw him the ball there. They think of ways, creative ways, to try and get him the ball. A lot of the stuff is they try and toss it to him and let him run downhill. That's a big thing. Take the snap, pitch it to him, let him run downhill, get blockers out in front. He's an exceptional pass catcher out of the backfield. You got to worry about the screens, but you just got to worry about the downhill running style. He broke the uh, Seattle game open last week with a 65-yard mm-hmm. run and it was blocked perfectly. Nobody on the edge and he just hit the gap and went. He's got speed to finish as well. George Kittle. George Kittle is a tight end that plays in line for you figure for a superstar when I mean in line I mean a guy that plays right next to the the offensive tackle. Uh, that You see him sometimes, the flex and the slots and stuff. A lot of these really good tight ends now play detached away. He's one of these guys that plays in line. Okay, there's your problem. When he plays in line, you lose track where he is on the field. He runs routes from in line. So all of a sudden, now you're in a situation where you're going, oh, where'd he go? You know, you lose him because there's all kinds of crossing and stuff. And here's Kittle. You know, it's like it's like a, a Terminator movie. You know, with all the smoke and all that. And Arnold Schwarzenegger comes walking out of the smoke. Well, that's <laughs> that's what this guy does. And so, yeah. It, but the fact that he plays in line, people lose him. And they also throw him the ball on the screens, the delays, the stuff we were talking about with Philadelphia. Just a really accomplished player. He's one of those guys that too in the, in the Seattle game. He's got a first down. He's running parallel to the marker, and instead of just turning up, he outruns the defense and then turns up the field for like another 12 yards. Instead of just trying to get it and get tackled, he's running, 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 and then he turns up the field and goes. So, accomplished player that way. Brandon Ayuk. This might be their stop best.
4: Names? Yeah, this might. That's be. what I'm saying. They got yeah. yeah. to keep going. Got f- <laughs> this,
2: this might be their, in my opinion, this might be their best receiver. And I know he's played four more games than when what Debo Samuel's played, but this guy is a is a threat down the field, red zone threat. Catches the ball really, really well. He's a, very, he's a north-south guy. He gets the ball, and he gets up the field in the hurry. These guys are all really difficult to tackle. That's, they, 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 they put so much pressure on you run after catch. And this guy's one of those guys that can catch in traffic. He's not afraid to take the routes in the middle. You've got to watch him in the red zone because he'll work the back of the end zone, and they'll throw him the football. They'll throw him the screen real quick in the red zone and then let him run into the end zone as well like that. They're all really, really good players.
1: I'm surprised that because you said I got four unique players. I, I think the most unique guy they have on that offense is Juszczyk.
2: check, yeah. yeah. Right? Because
1: yeah. there's teams the Cowboys have faced with good receivers, explosive backs, maybe not a Debo type of guy, uh, good tight ends, really good tight ends like that. But but I think what sets them apart, and this is just me, yeah. is that they have a fullback tight end Guy that
2: wide receiver, you never know. He can what, do everything because yeah.
1: when yeah. he's on the field, you don't know what personnel that really means. That doesn't yeah. mean they can they don't throw. That doesn't mean they don't run. Yeah. You know that they, they can play power. They can play. I think he's one of the most versatile guys they've got.
2: There is there's no question they had a vision for this player. They got him from Baltimore. Baltimore's always done a good job, with, in my opinion. Yeah. Ozzie Newsome and that crew with their personnel, and they got Kyle check. You're absolutely right. They, you know, you, they, they put him wide, and they pair him with somebody wide, and all of a sudden now you have a blocker. The fullback's blocking for a guy out on the screen. They did it with Brandon Ayuk in the Atlanta game. They put them both to right there, and then they just hammered they hammered uh, Juszczyk on the corner, and, the, and, and then all of a sudden Ayuk comes inside, they throw him the ball, and now they've just got it going up the field. So, yeah, usually where my watching him play, wherever he lines up, generally is where the ball's going. So keep an eye on that. So if you see him kind of offset, then the ball's likely gonna to go to that side. They they like to follow him with the block. He's just so hard to deal with because he's coming downhill at you and he's this big number forty four and you're mm-hmm. trying to fight him to get off the block to make the play because you got this shifty guy behind him that can also break tackles. So yeah, that's the usually where the ball is going is behind that number forty four when you and when you're watching him play.
4: Well against Tampa we saw uh the Cowboys defense be so close many 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 times at like intercepting the yeah. ball or getting their hands on the ball is this a can. team that you can can yeah be very close and actually create some turnovers yeah
2: you can this guy this guy you know i mean the numbers say but there's there were times when i was watching him throw and teams he's been extremely fortunate that teams have not picked him off and so, to me, that's where I think that the Cowboys probably left, what, three turnovers on the field last week in this game mm-hmm. against the Buccaneers that they could have had? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've got to make this guy pay. If he's going to—I was watching some clips in the Arizona game of him, and Arizona did a good job of him. Like, when he—against Seattle, he was much better stepping up in the pocket and making throws. See, uh uh, Arizona made him kind of play backdoor, and he was trying to roll and get out of stuff. And then that's where he got a little crazy throwing the football. So you, if you can make him not have to deal, let him step up, but go back around like what Arizona did, you can get him to make some turnovers. The numbers say he hasn't turned over the ball a ton, a ton but there's been some opportunities
0: that teams have not taken advantage of. As a guy that was drafted, the very last pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Mm-hmm. Irrelevant, is this a situation where everybody in the league just misevaluated him, or is this a situation where that system just works for him? And by the way, it is a very good and—I and mean, we've seen Garoppolo, who a lot of people think is a good quarterback, not right. a great quarterback, have really good games and and lead his team deep into the playoffs.
1: Do you think this is more about the system? I think it's both. I really do. I—I I, I know that's not the answer everyone loves, but I mean, I think people misevaluated Kurt Warner. And I also think Kurt Warner got got into a system that actually worked for him. I mean, I know there's different stories like that. Romo, same thing. Anytime you get a guy that's undrafted or drafted very late, it, it's a combination of yeah, they didn't necessarily see everything, but it's also the system. You can say the same for Micah Parsons, you know, they misevaluated him. Ten teams did not think he was a, a pass rusher like that the cowboys say that they did but whatever <laughs> they, they got him and and it, and they paired him with Dan Quinn yeah. it's a system it's also a badass yeah. and i think for purdy is you know he's he's he's, both. He,
2: he's in a and you watched him play and derek you know this because you your your alma mater is a big 12 team so you've played games against he's iowa state college, yeah. he was a four year starter at iowa state Iowa State was in the top twenty-five basically every year he was there. Mm-hmm. What happened to Iowa State this year when he left? Iowa State went to be Iowa State from the early '90s when they, <laughs> they were, were absolutely no yeah, good. Yeah. They're Iowa State again, where everybody went to you know Ames, Iowa, and then smashed them and got a victory and went home. Yep. You know they were the homecoming team for everybody before <laughs> yeah. Brock Purdy got there. This guy throws, he's in a perfect system because what the 49ers do, the ball is not flying down the field. The ball is intermediate and short. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did at Iowa State. Now, he, you know, he had a really, you know, he's had he's had the 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 uh, Brees Hall, the running back mm-hmm. who was with the Jets, who before he ripped up his knee was having a could have been oh, rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah. This Iowa State, uh, Alan Lazar, they they don't have a hell of a lot of players. You know what it's very similar to? It's very similar to Dak Prescott. Mississippi State was number one in the country for several weeks. And then when every, when Dak left, everybody went, Where are all the good players? Yeah. Oh, uh, fourth round, Dallas, pick 135. You know, <laughs> that's where, that's where this guy, it, I don't think it was, I think people kind of saw this guy as like he doesn't have that ability to really smash the, the ball down the field. What he does is he's really accurate, he's really smart, and it's short, intermediate. And that's how the 49ers play short, intermediate, mm-hmm. run after catch. It's a perfect offense for a guy to play, and I can see why they drafted him because of the traits. It's the traits. We're going to pick a quarterback here with Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, okay. Well, take the guy that's got these traits that throws the ball like 71% of the time uh, to underneath or intermediate.
1: And when you – and, Brian, you know this more than anybody – when you take a quarterback in the seventh round, especially the last pick of the draft – that tells me that he's got a ton of teams that were looking at him yeah. that were probably going to try to get him yeah, as, yeah. as a, a priority free agent which means you don't want to have to you don't you have to fight you for don't that. Have to fight for them or pay for it all that stuff so might as well draft him
2: what's really funny is in this playoffs you' you played a quarterback that was drafted six in the sixth round Tom Brady, greatest ever to play and now you're taking to playing a chance against mr irrelevant seventh round guy <laughs> Yeah. So usually they talk about and you know and depending on if Daniel Jones somehow wins and you win that that'll be the first round quarterback you play against. But if you that's don't, that's
0: crazy. Daniel Jones is the highest drafted quarterback left in the NFC. Left, yeah, <laughs> and he's the one amazing. that everybody hates the most.
1: <laughs> right, it's one amazing. one two four seven. Yeah, right? yeah. They, yeah. Are the yeah. What about the other side? One 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 one. Are they all first round? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and wait, some of them are the first pick of the draft. Right, yeah. Burrow. Burrow number one, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence number one, number one yeah. Lawrence number one, yeah. The eleventh pick was uh, Mahomes, maybe not eleven, he's a, a 10. 10, yeah. And then uh, Josh, Allen, Josh was, like, Allen, seven, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. all four of them are top ten picks. Yeah. NFC, yeah. it's just Daniel Jones. It's the it's the it's the <laughs>
2: Westminster dog show <laughs> versus the mutts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you hope that your mutts mutts are good enough to be. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that, that, that's where that's you know. Th- but yeah. they, they took s- San Francisco they had of it v- and you, you could call it luck you could call it luck but you're if you're looking at it you're thinking who's the most accurate quarterback for the offense that we would you know the way that we play and Brock Purdy looks like a pretty good guy That you know he's he's like i say he's 71% in college throwing the ball underneath you know that's what How's he does
4: mentally. like if you get if you manage to get I haven't seen pressure. him lose
2: yet I haven't seen him lose
4: but is it is a where there are times that you can. I mean, in regardless college of, did, yeah. of uh, regardless of them winning, are there are times that you can still. I can't. Some I don't see him rattled.
2: I, I, there are games where he played at Iowa State. Those big games where he, they just didn't have enough players. Yeah, they were getting these games, they, but they won. I believe they beat. Uh, they won a game. Uh, a they did us a couple times. Well, a Fiesta Bowl game that they won. Mm. Uh, they they went and he was a part of that. And and he's he, he's a good player. Yes, to Nick's point. A lot of teams missed, and it's a hard position. Mm-hmm. It's a hard position to evaluate, and and yeah, a lot. But I haven't seen this guy get rattled. I've seen where he's he's made some questionable throws, but he's perfect for great, their offense.
1: Great comparison to Dak at Mississippi State. Yeah, because when you're recruiting, I mean, when you're when you're scouting players, and you think you know, here's here's the list of uh, Iowa State greats, you know, and it's like where's the other page like no this is it it. same with mississippi state i mean there's not a lot so he he probably was a big reason for that and so when you're evaluating him you're like well is he really good or was he just playing in a system that you know a a school that does not iowa
2: state iowa state was always in the top 25 because of him and the, the running back and alan lazar that's yeah, other than that, I mean I, I'm sure there's a defensive guy that I'm missing a rush end or something like that. But yeah, that's it. I mean, you're talking about they they went from like they went from having four or five players, you know, and being like, Wow, this team's in the top twenty five. Yeah, they're in the top twenty five because Brock Purdy. Yeah. You know, and when Brock Purdy leaves, they become a, a three and eight, a three and eight team. Yep. You know, since kind of
0: Wallace. W- yeah. Like the last player there. <laughs> been a long time. Wow, that's been a long time. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. Let's talk more about this Dal- Dallas defense and how they match up. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio.
2: The season is finally here. For
3: months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field United Egg and Turf
5: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE.
1: Back to the break. Get your hands on the premium gear at the nearest Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or log onto shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and level up your game day look for the NFC. Conference championship playoffs. I don't know. I don't like the way that was written. I'm sorry. This is just the playoffs. How about that? NFC playoffs. Divisional round. That's what you need to hear. It's not Super
0: Wildcard weekend? Hey,
1: do you think... What the heck? (laughs)
0: Do you think...
1: uh, I deleted that every time I saw that in a story. I don't know if it's called that or not. Is it called Super... It's called
0: Super Wildcard.
2: Is it called
1: Super Divisional?
2: I don't think so. why? Why, Why? It's called Divine Divisional. Ah, here
1: we why, go. Why is it super now? Is I it because no there's idea. another game? Is it because no they idea. added another game?
2: I, I have Make no idea. Cuz they, su- they superly screwed you by making you play on Mondays, that's what they did. <laughs> I sure did. But you know, uh I, I, real quick talking about, do you think that this Mike, do you think McCarthy's superstitious?
1: Yeah, a little. Do you think
2: we're going to see the big Cowboy Joe logo <laughs> outfit this week on the on the sidelines in, in oh, San Francisco. That's a good point. what's well, in Santa that,
1: Clara? Is that what he had?
2: He had on the big Cowboy Joe. I was kind of like, I love the logo. I, I love the 1960 logo myself.
1: I'd change it up because your your players are changing it up. I mean, like they, they came back this. to the white jerseys
2: about, this week. How about if how about if you wore the Jimmy Johnson Apex jacket with a white turtleneck like Jimmy
1: wore in back in the back in the day and they, when they played playing at San Francisco. Only if he stands on the table and says, "How about them Cowboys if they want?"
2: I want to see him wear the big Apex that jacket. Be.
1: Yeah, so it was, it was just 30 year
0: anniversary of
2: that, yeah. right? Yesterday, I think which
1: still had that jacket. That was the last road win, yeah, yeah, in uh, Cowboys history in the playoffs. So got that out of the way.
2: Yeah. yeah, go with the white turtleneck with the Apex jacket. I think I think we got a look.
0: <laughs> I think we're good. Let's talk about this uh, Cowboys defense, huh? He
4: got some moves. That'd be nice.
0: Oh, oh god. Does he? McCarty. Yeah, does he is the
5: question. Does he? Like, like
0: it looks like me. <laughs> either
4: either way. I don't know what that it was, was, kind of creeping it was along. still great. It was it was it was yeah, it was that. But um, seeing things like that yeah. just make me it makes me like him even more. Just him doing like I can't even picture Jason Garrett doing that no, with no, the team. No, so it's just no. one of those little other elements that you just know he he can relate to the players Connects, in a yeah. different level.
0: Yep. All right. So let's talk about this run defense. Um, mm. It's been a question all year. We've talked about it all year. This last game, they didn't really have a problem stopping the run. But then again, Tampa Bay, as you said, Nick, they don't really want nope. to run. Uh, nope. They they never committed to it. And, uh, and so you really don't know whether it was a factor of they got away from it or they really couldn't do it, so they got away from it. What do you think of this rush defense now having to face a team that runs the ball, and not only runs the ball, runs the ball extremely well? I think their lowest output over the last six games that Brock Purdy has been starting has been 100. Oh, they've been over 150 rush yards in every one of those
1: games. They had games. a chunk play last week. Yeah, they're, they're going to yeah. put up
0: yards on the ground. What do you think of this rush defense?
1: I'm I'm a little worried about it, honestly, because this is the best running team I think that they'll face. Even a couple years ago when they weren't very good and they beat them with Andy Dalton in 2020, even that game you could tell that they ran the ball well. They had – Mostert, or, or mm. I forgot how to say his name. Mostert. Uh, Mostert. Mostert. Yeah. yeah Mostert. I mean, they had, they had, you know, whoever it is a running back, now they've got McCaffrey. I think, I think what the issue is, is the Cowboys are going to have to be very disciplined in their, in their defense. And that's something that we just haven't seen from the run defense, you know, staying in your lanes, all that. Even Micah Parsons included. I mean, like, these guys are trying to get after the quarterback, and, and sometimes you sacrifice. Being out of the lane, they haven't seen a fullback like this. It's going to be a challenge.
2: Yeah, it, this is going to come down to how quickly can you get off blocks because what's going to happen is the running game is going to be because of movement of the offensive line. I, I, they, I don't think they particularly want to run the ball between the tackles with Christian McCaffrey, but he can. He mm-hmm. can. Now you got to get ready. Uh, get ready for tackle movement, guard movement, center movement. Tight end movement. I mean, fullback movement. You know, that's that's where this game is going to hinge. Because what happens is they're wanting to get the ball on the outside. They're going to toss it and they're going to play everybody downhill. And if you're if you're running sideways fighting blocks, that's what. And then the ball's going to cut behind that. So to me, this is. <laughs> I don't think that they want to run the ball inside on Hankins and and, and those guys. I don't think they do. I think you know, guys like Osa Golston. You know we'll see we'll see. To me, I still might not dress those guys. Mm-hmm. And I say this in a way of I need upfield guys. I need Golston up the field. I need Osa up the field. I need I need everybody get them to stop. I mean with the, the problem with their, with the 49 running game it's all about momentum. It's just a big wave. Of bodies and and what kills those types of plays? Penetration. You know, getting blockers getting knocked off, backs having some indecision there. To me, I'm trying to get as many guys up the field and 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 rally to that point to where you can like trap them. I I, I you know negative plays, I think it's gonna be tough. But to me a, a gain of two or three is a big, big, big win. In, in this, because this team is capable, if they capture that corner and slam you and get everybody blocked, it, it, we've seen big plays from this team. It's going to be about how many guys can you get up the field and disrupt them wanting to run so, the ball on the outside to the perimeter.
1: So last week, um, it was it was known all week that the biggest issue I think McCarthy was having was ten DBs or ten D linemen that uh, keeping yeah. them active. That was the biggest one. And I think when you look at it, Marquise Bell was active, right? And they went with the ten DBs. I wonder in a game like this, you know, where the team that throws the ball more, because I mean, that's what it comes down to. You got nine and nine as well as just the the one guy. That's where I could see a Gallimore maybe over a, a Marquise Bell. Yeah, um, but you know, you, it, it could be something completely different. It may not be them, but I could just see where maybe they go one more one more guy on yeah. um, the defensive line, but.
4: To me, one big thing, and it hasn't been a tendency for them, but just keeping their cool, like not allowing themselves to get frustrated. You you talk about all the talent that the offense has, Mm -hmm. and as soon as they start making plays on them, because it's going to happen, it's going to happen, they're going to make some big plays and all that, but making sure that your defensive players just stay focused and not allow that frustration to start kicking in, because we have seen... I forget which one was the most evident game. I can't remember. But I remember there was one specific game where they started doing the finger pointing. And Do you guys remember what game that was? Uh,
1: I remember they the of room. Of I can't remember what the Green game Bay. was. Green Bay. Was that Green Bay? Green Bay. Green yeah, Bay. That was the one. Green yeah. Bay was
2: running the yeah. ball well. Yeah, they were clicking they were, they were and, and it off. That,
4: that's a big problem. When it starts getting to you mentally, it, it just it messes you up. Mm-hmm. It completely messes you up. So just making sure that everyone sticks to doing their own job, taking care of their own business, right. and allowing themselves to not get frustrated. They can get mad, but just don't let that frustration kick in.
2: I would say, to me, I, I I'm gonna, I'm going to try and make it where Brock Purdy beats me throwing the ball. That's what I'm going to do yep. I'm trying I mean if I if if Brock Purdy is good enough to line up and just keep throwing the ball underneath and all that you, this game is going to if you do not tackle well it, I'm not going to say because I think San Francisco and we'll talk about this tomorrow I think San Francisco's got some issues on defense in the secondary mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's some throws to be made now can you can you control what's going on up front but I think there's some corners on this defense you can attack. And teams have attacked them, and I'm like I say, I'm going to talk to my coach buddies and get the scoop of how they attack these guys, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. The
1: sure. touchdown last year that Debo Samuel had in the, in the playoff game, you remember it was like a reverse, yeah, run yeah. And yeah. They had it kind of bottled up, yeah. and the next thing you know, he kind of sneaks out and yep. like like you said, like yep. the Terminator, he sneaks out of the pack and yeah. then he scores a touchdown, and and that was that was a play that stands out to me. I think something at the end happened that was weird, uh, you know, like a played bad for a half. <laughs> the ref like a man, came in ref, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, and oh. just like ran over <laughs> well, back and, If anything
2: yeah. Bill Vinovich is your official this weekend mm-hmm. and of the four referees that are he's the one that calls the least penalties. So I have a feeling they're going to let the players decide this yeah. one. You know,
1: it, I I've, you talk about that a lot and I saw it on I Twitter. believe it. That's yeah. something no. I, I believe in, no, my, in and, my heart. And that's and that's fine, but but I am thinking this. A lot of people are like, "Man, I hope they, you know, let them play. Yeah. They don't call a lot of penalties." Is that a good thing? Because Micah Parsons gets like got a you know, holding
2: call the other day, right? Yeah.
1: Like he gets like manhandled every single game, you know. And 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 you know cho- they choke him in the throat and all this stuff. And I'm saying like, maybe I want them to call a little bit. Well, you know,
2: I don't know. I kind of I kind of look at it this way: if they're not going to call it on you against Micah, then Tyler Smith and McGovern Bosa. and Schultz <laughs> yeah. Schultz could get away with that holding at yeah. the point of attack That's that we true. needed to happen, so the ball can get outside and get a first down. If you're not calling it on us, That's, by all means, let let Dalton
1: Schultz hold all he can at the point of attack. That's true. That's a good point. They yeah. they, they have a bad ass too. And let's not forget, he got hurt in that game last year in the playoffs. He got hurt in the second quarter. Yeah, and it was like, oh, good. You know, but- they have problems with these tight ends. Mm-hmm. Talk about that tomorrow.
4: Real quick before Real- we leave, what was what would you, do you know the percentage uh, between passing and rushing? No. that they do. No, no. I, mean, I can get that for you though. Yeah, I need to look that up then. I'm curious to see how often they run the ball versus just passing. It I'm seems like it's they run.
2: It seems like they 50-50? run the ball. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know the. Percentage. But
0: I'd say this too: the, the crazy part about it, a lot of their passing game is running extension of their run. Yeah, uh, they a lot of what they do is quick passes, Those short ones. And and you you I don't know how many times I've seen this year Debo Samuel short crossing route. Get the ball, he's off to the races. Yeah. Like this happens all the time because if you can't tackle well, Brian, you hit it on the nail, yeah. the nail on the head. If you can't tackle well against this team, good luck because yeah. mm-hmm. it's really about being able to, you know, rally to the ball and tackle and get them. If it's a three yard catch, make it be a three yard catch. Yeah. If it's not like if you ever if you're letting them kind of keep going, they're gonna eat you up mm-hmm. all day. It's a lot of short passes, a ton of them. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. We'll get into the uh, Cowboys offense versus San Francisco defense. Got shot. So then For Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
2: This has been a
3: production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
5: about this,
2: Cowboys? Yeah!